listening to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. I really do trust that you're loving the service so far. And if you're joining with us for the first time uh, or you're fresh online, uh, I really pray that you just had that real sense that this is a place where you can be you. Uh, You're surrounded by people who just genuinely love God and have discovered that He's one who walks with us. He journeys us forward and He takes us into His amazing plan and purpose. And that's not out of reach for anyone, but it's actually inclusive of every single person. And so amidst these uncertain times, we must understand that they are not beyond God. And uh, in this season, we've really been praying and talking about this topic of faith forward, that He actually wants to expand us. He wants to enlarge us. He wants to take us into more of who He is and what He has. And so week one, we talked about an entrusted time. And then week two, Pastor Nadia talked about awakening authority. And uh, I, I love that, you know. I mean, there's nothing like your wife preaching to stir you up. But, uh, but it was amazing, just that truth of we are God's kids. And what He has spoken is not uh, for others. It's for you. It's for me. It wasn't just for Jesus' mouth, but it was for our ability to access. And then last week, Pastor David McCracken was just phenomenal. Just again, opening up our hearts, opening up our spirits, that reality. God wants to show us stuff. And God wants to lead us in a position and into places where it's not about what we naturally see, but what He wants to show us. And then for, in that, we can access it by stepping out in faith, by trusting Him, and, uh, and let His leading take place in our lives. And this week, as week four, I would love to approach this topic and talk about this idea of being positioned in promise. Positioned in promise. So we're going to pray together. And then we're going to jump straight into it. But Father, we do thank you for this incredible day. We thank you, Lord, that you are on the throne. That might sound like a a weird idea to someone hearing it for the first time. But the truth of it is, is that you're Lord of all. Lord, that you are high above. God, that you are the author. Lord, you are the perfecter of life itself. God, you're the Alpha and the Omega. And so, God, we just start this moment by declaring your bigness, declaring your greatness. And declaring, Lord, that we are thankful that you are a God that is with us and that you are for us. Father, I pray again just for any heart that's hearing, I guess, the reality of a message of faith about the truth that a God loves us. Hearing about this for the first time, Lord, that there would be warmth of your presence that would be on every single word. Lord, that you would become personal in this moment. And wherever we're watching it from, whether it be our lounge rooms or whether it be maybe even through the week uh, as we're driving, listening in our cars, that your presence would be available and tangible. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Well, positioned in promise. God's word is full of promises. Absolutely full of promises. Not just a couple of promises, but they actually say that it's really between 3,000 to 5,000 promises that our Bible, our word has in it. Full of promises, full of truths. And it's so amazing that for all of us, I think at times we can read about these promises or we could hear about the promise of God and we could think, you know what, that's for somebody else. You know what, that's not for my season. That's not for my situation. That, yeah, yeah, that's okay for biblical times. But, you know, right now I'm in 2020. There's, you know, a pandemic happening. There's a lot of chaos that's taking place. That doesn't make any sense now. No, God is beyond time. God's Word is alive. And I would love just to talk about the significance of how we actually have a responsibility to where we position ourselves. That we all have faith that is parked in something. But I believe that today we want to reassure and, and, and I guess 
you know, really grab hold of that place and going, I'm going to put my faith not in something, but in someone. <laughs> and that someone is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. That is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, the God who's with us. That is in Lord of all. So position in promise. I guess this whole thought for me kind of started a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, and, and I was typing some emails and, you know, for... Uh, if you're part of the church, obviously every now and again, every couple of weeks, you get an email from Nadia and I, and you know, I write a bunch of different emails, and maybe you haven't received those yet, but you've been joining us online, and you're yet to, you know, I guess hear more about the heartbeat of what's going on and things that are coming up. Seriously, uh, it's great having you online, but jump on one of those connection moments, jump on one of those links, and just put your details in. We're not going to pester anyone, but let's be a part of what's happening, being growingly, increasingly a part of what's going on in, in your church, right? And, um, and I'm writing emails and you get these, you know, I often get red lines, which basically means spelling error. And, uh, you know, much to Nadia's dislike, I often will reach across and say, hey, hey, how do you spell this? You know, not, not this. I know how to spell this, please. <laughs> but there's also the blue line that comes up and that comes from a place of a grammatical error yeah. or a grammatical suggestion. And anyway, so I clicked onto it a few weeks ago and, and it came up with this statement. It said, passive voice, consider revising. Passive voice. I think we're going to have a picture of it come up so you can see it. That there was like a red flag to a bull for me. Uh, for me, I, uh, I'm, I'm not someone who would, you know, would say, um, you know, is articulate with all their words in perfect ways, but I am intentional about the words that I use. And to hear that I have a passive voice, a passive tone to the way I'm doing something, honestly, it just made me sink on the inside. It was like a, a limp-wristed handshake. You know, it was just like, it was like a lukewarm decaf almond latte. It was just, it was wrong. It was wrong. It was like the word vibe. You know, like, like vibe. I wouldn't feel the vibe. You know, like this passive voice. Passive. You know what passive means? It means to be inactive. It means to be submissive. It means to be lifeless. Passive. And this question came up in my heart. I said, in this season, Craig, have you got a passive tone to your faith? Have you got a, have you got a submissive tone to the faith that you're living in, the situations you're facing? Come on, the uncertainty that's around us and the things we can't determine and we can't dictate. Is there a passive nature to you right now? Because I don't believe that God wants us to live a passive faith. I believe He wants us in this season to live a bold faith. I believe it's not a time for caution, but a time for courage. I believe it's, it's not a time for pulling back and just seeing how things go, but I actually think it's a time to step up and to press in and just to realize just how faithful our God is. Are we passive or are we active? And, uh, you know, for me, I guess when I was younger and I got saved around 18 years old, one of the... Uh, Passages, one of the scriptures, one of the promises God gave me uh, was out of Romans 12, 2. And it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, Craig, you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, perfect, and pleasing will. And in that, as a young adult who I grew up in a Christian home, but I walked away from God for a number of years, had a whole lot of bad habits and I had a whole lot of things that were active in my life that were not God's best. He didn't put a rule, a box out and say, fit into my box. No, he said, simply, Craig, there's a better for you. 
You can stay limited to the way you're living or you could not conform to the pattern of this world and you could follow my lead in your life and I'll show you things and I'll enable you to do things that otherwise you'd never access. And this, I guess this scripture was something I held on to and it was a scripture that as I was tempted to go into environments, when I was tempted to drink beyond what I should have been drinking, when I was tempted to go and entertain a relationship that was meaningless, all of a sudden it was like, no, no, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Greg, it's time to transform your mind. God has better. He's got a good, perfect, pleasing will. And I would just say it over and over and over. And it was amazing how when I positioned myself in His promise, it would direct the steps I took. Can I just say to us very clearly, the will of God is not found in the world's ways. The will of God is not found in the world's ways. And his, pass- his promises, sorry, they are not passive. His promises are powerful. Man, His promises are life-changing. You say, why is that? Why? Because they're backed by Him. <laughs> they're backed by the God who spoke and the universe was created. Who spoke, he, he, he knows the stars by name. He counts every little hair on our head. Like It's backed by the God who sent His one and only Son because He just loves us that much. Like He's so invested into you and I. And there's this amazing reality that his, his promises are powerful. Not only are they powerful, they're protective. They protect you. His promises care for you. They guide you. They lead you. Come on, for many of us in the season that we're in, many have had work reduced. Many have had uh, you know, uncertainty when it comes to education. Uh, many are facing, you know, I guess, dynamics within the business context that we can't determine. But I want to tell you, His promises bring protection around us. Uh, I invited a bunch of our church to start sending in stories uh, about what God has been doing and through this season. I think it's important for us while we are praying for prayer requests in increased ways like never before, which is a real honor, to be honest. It's an honor to be able to partner with people, stand in the gap, join forces. That's what we're here to do. That's what a family of faith's about. I think it's important also that we hear breakthrough, that we hear where God is moving. We hear where God is leading. And people have been sending in emails and people even who have been made redundant have found themselves in a season of loss. But they're looking at it now and looking a couple of weeks in, they're writing about how the truth of it is, is this season actually has revealed God's faithfulness more than ever before. They're realizing His protection in their life, His provision in their life. And actually, they're coming alive in their faith, whereas if they were still in the same routine as before, they actually would be in a rut where they're not growing, they're not flourishing, they're not expanding. And they're not saying, I don't like this season, although it's not enjoyable. They're saying, this is an amazing season. They're protective. His promises, they position us. They position us. If we allow ourselves to align to his promises, they determine the pathway we take and therefore they position us where he wants us to be. And they also possess. It possesses us. It possesses us not in the sense of it takes us over, but it enables us to possess things. It enables us to actually occupy. It enables us to step in and to expand, to advance and to enlarge. And I guess the question for all of us is, where are we positioned in God's promises? Where are we positioned? Where are you positioned in God's promises? Because I believe that God's promises are not just for a certain area in your life, but they're actually for every area of your life. I trust you're grabbing hold of this and and it's making sense to you. You know... um, 
iPad just died. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that fun when that happens? Don't you love it? You can't fake these things. We're live. It's real. It's happening. We've got to just carry on. All right. But you know what? As you grow in your faith, never ever do you mature out of the place of needing God's promises at work in your life. Never do you get to the point where you can just simply say, well, I'm okay now. I don't need that. I'm at a certain place. I feel like I'm in His will enough. No, 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 no. We, as we grow in our faith, we grow in that determination that we actually need to be postured and positioned to Him in an increasing way. Yeah. That we actually need to enlarge ourselves in this. That we actually need to secure ourselves in it more and more as yeah. we grow in faith. You see, His, His promises, the thousands of promises that are in this Bible, are the truth of our Father, our Heavenly Father, speaking prophetically over our lives. Isn't that an amazing thought? That these aren't just promises that we read that we hope that could be. No, no, these are actually God's words speaking over your life, over my life. This isn't prophetically declaring over my life. Thousands of times He's declaring breakthrough. He's declaring provision. He's declaring vision. He's declaring healing. He's declaring, uh, you know, a turnaround of circumstance. He's declaring that hearts be restored. He's declaring that the impossible is possible. And it's not us trying to grab hold of these promises. No, no. He's flooding them over our lives. He's speaking them over our heart. So these promises are not just passages on a page. They are God's communicated commitment to His kids. They're his communicated commitment to his kids. See, 1 John says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He is with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and in that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. Wow. The promises of God have life flowing through them. Life flowing through them. And it lights up situations. Right now, I just sent to my heart, there's some people here in some dark situations. I want to tell you, His Word wants to shine light into your situation. He wants to shine hope into your situation. He wants to shine healing into the areas of your heart. He wants to shine the reality of His truth that is greater, come on, than any feeling that we might feel. No, His fact it is that He is more than able. He wants to shine into that. See, there's life flowing through these promises, but it's actually up to us whether they come alive. It's up to me whether they come alive. See, we've got a good God that doesn't force His grace upon us. He doesn't force us to know Him, but nor is He going to force us to live in His promises. It actually, there's an, there's an obligation Obligation, or there is maybe better said, there's an opportunity every day for you and I to decide what are we going to live under? What are we going to live under? See, if I could take you on a quick journey over this way, uh, this here is my desk setup. And as of recent, uh, you know, this here um, is you're thinking, what is that big board? If you remember last year, we did a message about the armor of God, and on this. Uh, is the shield of faith that I used and I talked about and I put a whole lot of scriptures on it. After that message, I took it and I put it behind my desk and I have it behind there and, and it's been turned the other way around where the, uh, sort of the face fronting out. But on the back is where all the scriptures see a shield isn't a shield just because it's a shield. The shield of faith is a shield because it's got the promises of God out of it. It's got His, his word all through it. It's, it's who He is, the reality of who He is. And and I flipped it around and, and basically every day I start my day like this, I, I go in, chuck my stuff down, grab my coffee cup, go to the coffee machine, 
you know, hello, get my long black, nice and strong, come back and I stand there and I look and I read out the promises of God. I read out the reality of what He says over my life, who He is. And I love that for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Oh, that's a good place to stay today. God, I want to be in your plans today. I don't want to be in my plans. I want to be in your plans. Be strong and courageous, Craig. For as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. Come on, I believe that. Today I'm going to be strong and courageous. And as I read these out, I sit myself under, and I sit myself under His Word, under His covering, under His life, and I allow His promises to be something that I am choosing to place in my life, over my life, and before my everyday in this season right now, what are we doing? Are we, are we declaring that we walk by faith and not by sight? Or are we so busy listening to the noise of everything that's happening around us? The possibility of this, the possibility of that, and, we're, and it's, it makes us nervous and scared and we're, and we're uncertain and we don't know what tomorrow holds. No, we don't know what tomorrow is, but we do know that our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we can either listen to the echo of all the world's ways or we could listen to God's ways and realize that we have great security in the foundation of a rock that is not shaken, is not shaken. I, I, 1 John 4, 4, I've been loving this one every morning. It says, but you, you belong to God. You have already won the victory because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Oh, somebody, somebody, get hold of that. Grab hold of that. Take it. It's yours, right? And so as I've been spending some time uh, you know, praying about this and, and thinking about this, I've been thinking about this fact that, very simply, that we must take a step of faith to be able to reveal He's faithful. We've got to take a step of faith. And until we take a step of faith, we're always going to wonder whether He can, whether He'll come through, whether He'll do what His Word says, because we're not stepped out, we're never going to see it. But we've got to take a step of faith so that he can actually then enable to fill his, his, fulfill his promise and reveal to him us that he's faithful. Right. And as he reveals that to us, we have the confidence to take another step yeah. and the confidence to take another step yeah. and the confidence to take another step. And we move into the things of God increasingly confident because of the fact that he's proven himself faithful, 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 yeah. faithful, faithful. A song I've been listening to on repeat of recent is a song called Promises. And I believe the band's called Maverick Band or something like that. I encourage you, get a hold of that. It's just like 10 minutes of goodness that just declares, God, you are faithful. You are absolutely faithful. And I need to hear that. And I need to know that. And I need to secure myself in that. And we, we take these words and we say, they're not just good ideas. But this is something I'm going to build my life on. This is something I'm going to build my marriage on. This is something I'm going to build my business on. This is something I'm going to build my career on. This is something I'm going to build uh, the area of integrity in my heart and in the, my daily choices on. This is an area that's going to heal the areas of unforgiveness and brokenness. This is the promises of God are going to reveal faithful and true because they're going to transform me from the inside out. Can I encourage us, like last week when Pastor Dave McCracken shared those prophetic insights you know, and I, in the chat, you might be on the chat now, uh, but in the chat, everyone's like, wow, it's amazing. Yes, Lord, let's go. Can I encourage us? Do we just see them as pictures or do we declare them as prophetic statements? And if we can declare them as prophetic statements, not given to us by a man named David, but actually entrusted through God to him to share to us, then we don't actually just go, that's a pro promise. Sorry, that's not just a picture uh, or a prophetic word. We declare that's a promise and we're going to hold on to that. 
We're going to hold on to the fact that we're called to reach different ethnicities in, in this community in a strategic way. We're going to hold on to the fact that we're going to be a well for those who are dry in the areas of the Holy Spirit. They're going to be filled up. We're going to hold on to the fact you want to expand us and increase us, that we're going to have greater influence and reach into this uh, city. We're going to hold on to the fact that you want to multiply things. We're going to hold on to the fact that there's a renegotiation coming when it comes to property. We're going to hold on to that. Say, God, that's your promise for us and we're going to get into that and we're going to make that our own. Come on, I encourage you, hold on to it like it's a promise. Have expectation to see it come to pass. And as I'm praying about this and preparing, about two weeks ago, God just showed me this parking building. And it was a bit of like just this image of a, of a car park, four stories. And, and, I, and this question came up in, in my heart and it was just like, where are you parked? And I said, God, well, what do you mean? Where are you parked? And he said, well, you can be either parked in promise. You could be parked in possibility. You can be parked in problems or you can even be parked in pain. Where are you parked, Craig? And as I thought about this, I wanted to bring an illustration today that we could have an opportunity to be able to see this in a, in a practical outworking. But we can be parked in God's promises, which is His will, His way, His truth, His ability. And that's fantastic. That's where we want to be, right? This is where we want to find ourselves. In life, in every scenario, this is where we want to be. But the, I guess the point is, is that we can easily find ourselves parked in possibility. Yeah. See, I actually think that this is probably one of the harder ones, especially for believers, uh, you know, is that we can know the promise of God, yeah. right? It's right there in front of us. But at the same time, we're close to the proximity of the problems that are going on. Yeah. And so what we do is we are just as aware of the problem as we are the promise. And we are equally expectant for the promise, but I'm prepared to be the fact that this might not happen and I'm probably going to end up in a problem. And, and I just want to say, you know, this, this is where I think the enemy wants us to park. He goes, if I can just get the Christians not really expecting it. I mean, if they could know it, but not really expect it and actually have more of an expectation for the challenge and the trial, and the hardship that's going to come, then you know what? I've already got them snookered. For, for many of us in, in different situations, right now we're facing problem. There's an issue. It might be a work issue. It might be a family issue. It might be a marriage issue. And we're sitting in it. Maybe we've been sitting in it a long time. Maybe it is our marriage. And we've got this desire for a fruitful, fun, life-filled marriage. But at the same time, I'm... I mean, I know the possibility it can be there, but I've been here for years now. We seem like we're going round and round. And in fact, it's getting quite painful. It's painful to try and then it doesn't work out. And we try and it doesn't work out. And I go to do something nice, but then it's seen as something bad. And I'm told that I never do anything and you'll never change. And I'm like, can I just say your words, <laughs> husbands and wives, when you say she never, she won't, she doesn't, you're already prophesying what's going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> But we can so easily find ourselves wanting it, but because we're just so aware of the pain, sorry, we're so aware of the problem, I don't have the finance, I can't do that, I can't do that, I'll never do this, I'll never do that. Are we speaking out the promise? Or are we so focused on the problem that actually what's happening is it's causing even more pain? And then we find ourselves discouraged, we find ourselves hurt, we find ourselves alone, we find ourselves looking at the promise and going, man, the promise is so far away. How can I believe for that? Like, really? How can I believe for that? But doesn't God's word say this in Psalm 139? Where can I go from your spirit? Come on, where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, in the depths, 
you're there. <laughs> he's here. He's not void of pain. He's not saying, whoop, shouldn't have chosen pain. No, he's right there. Yeah. And then he goes on and says, if, if I rise on, the, rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me and your right hand will hold me fast. Come on, your God is with you. And in different areas of our lives, we can park ourselves in different locations. Different areas of our lives, we're actually parked in different places. You know, you ever gone to the mall in separate cars and, and then ask, like, where'd you park? You know, and, and, and so Nadia and I will go sometimes at separate places, meet there. And so where'd you park? Where'd you park? Where'd you, and, and we're the same because we're one, but we're parked in different locations. We can have areas of our life that is actually one part is parked in promise, but another area is parked in problem. And then another area is parked in pain. You know, just a quick example, we've got to keep moving on. But for salvation, you know, I think for many of us, we would say, oh, no, when it comes to salvation, 100%, John, you know, 6.47, very, truly I tell you, whoever believes has eternal life. I believe I have eternal life. I'm in the promise. I'm going to heaven. I'm parked here. That's cool. So when it comes to salvation, you're parked in the promise. But what about your dreams? What about the area of dream that you have in your heart that hasn't come to pass yet? Is it? Is it in a place of possibility that, yeah, I do, I know it. I know there's the promise of, that God can move and, and that what no eye has seen and what no ear has heard, no, what no mind can conceive and the things that God has for me. I know that what he has, but at the same time, the problem, problem is I don't have the funds right now to start the business. Problem is right now I don't have the opportunity. Problem is I've got no one backing me and we find ourselves in our dreams. Are we going to the promise or do we, again, start looking at the problems? And then we've been there and hope deferred makes the heart sick. And all of a sudden, this dream that I had, it's been decades now, nothing's changing. And the dream, which once was a promise, is now in a place of pain. And can I encourage us that in these areas of our life, we don't just go from like promise to pain. <laughs> what often happens is it's a sequence. It's a cycle. And what we let go around in our spirit, what we let to entertain in our heart, starts to locate us. and starts to determine where our next place is. But the truth of it is, as much as we can be pulled down, even I think even greater, His Word can lift us up. Come on, His Word can lift us up. And His Word can lift us up. Man, but the anxiety and the fear that I'm facing, no, no, He has not given me a spirit of fear. He has not given me the, the, the opportunity to well in my anxiety. No, no, His Word says that, be anxious for nothing, Philippians says. But in everything with prayer and supplication, come on, with thanksgiving. Come on, thank you, God, that I got today. Thank you, Lord, that I'm alive. Thank you, Lord, that I've woken up. Your mercy's new for me today. As for me, I'm not going to be anxious. I'm going to throw it into your hands. I'm going to make a decision. Then I place myself again. Your understanding surpasses everything. In fact, you say, if I put my anxiety into your hands, there's going to be a peace that comes. Wow, the peace of God doesn't take us to pain. It just starts to take us to His promise. And all of a sudden, there's a transition as we get the Word. Come on, renew your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what His will is. What His will is. Come on, we've been encouraging everybody at the moment around the miraculous and praying for people more than ever before. Where do you situate yourself when it comes to believing for the miraculous? Is it impossibility? Yeah, I know God could do it, but I mean, the problem is I'm not very confident. I don't really know how to pray out loud. And I mean, would, I, mean I don't know if I'd even ask somebody. And then, you know, I mean, I once believed for a miracle in my family. I never saw it happen. And then what, what are we doing when it comes to these areas that God's actually wanting us to put in this place? Doesn't the, doesn't the Bible tell us in Matthew uh, 10, I believe it is, that we're called to heal the sick? Yeah. Come on, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy. Yeah. Come on, drive out demons. Yeah. That tells me we have... A, 
authority like Nadia talked about the other week. We have a spiritual authority. Freely you've received, so now freely give. Isn't that the great thing about it is that when we realize that we can't do it and yet He still does it, we again are going, wow, God, I took a step of faith and you revealed you're faithful. And then it just encourages us in other areas to take another step of faith. So my question, I guess, for all of us, and I've been asking me is, where am I parked? Where am I parked? If you want to know where you're parked, just listen to your language. Just listen to your language. Because your language will locate where you're parked. As you're talking about different areas of your heart, different areas of life, different possibilities, different relational dynamics, things of the past, listen to the way you talk about it. Because it's going to locate you because it says, the word says, out of the mouth the heart speaks. Which tells me when I speak about something and it just sounds like negative and sounds like it won't and it can't and it never, it won't. That's, I'm parked here. I'm parked in the problem. If I'm bitter and I'm resentful, then I'm parked in pain. But let's not then deny it and be defensive. Let's not feel a condemnation. Let's rise in a conviction in this season. Okay, right now I'm in pain. I've got a few steps till I get myself into the place where I feel I'm convinced by his promise and that's all I see. But you know what? I'm going to start the journey. You know what? I am going to start moving towards it. I am going to take a step. I am going to start moving. I am going to start allowing his word to wash over me and renew me. You see, uh, our heart and our spirit are aligned. You know, so where are we? We're located. You'll find your spirit needs, can easily be located in here. Come on, business leaders. I've been praying for you, uh, you know, recently and, and declaring Isaiah 58 that the Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and He will strengthen your frame. And you'll be like a well-watered garden that springs up whose waters never fail. I've been declaring that. That there doesn't say, let's stand in the possibility of an economic outcome. No, that says, let's stand in the promise. Come on, of a God who can supply in a dry, sun-scorched land. He's still got rivers. He's still got opportunity. He's still got ways He wants to lead. Now, we might need to reinvent ourselves, but let's not look at the problem. Let's park ourselves in the promise. But it can be easy for us to find ourselves in possibility. Come on, let's not settle for possibility. Let's move ourselves. Let's align ourselves to His Word. I've been carrying this round, waving it, and I trust you've got one in your hand and you're waving it with me. Uh, but let's be serious about this. And this isn't called just to sit on your shelf. This isn't called just to go by your bed. <laughs> this is called to, to actually be the very thing we take a step on and lead our lives in every single day. I guess the truth of it is, guys, is, is we've got God who's calling us, leading us, speaking His promise over us to get us here. But then there's also an enemy who's doing everything he can to rob, steal, and destroy. And he's doing everything he can to drag you down drag us down to the place that we just don't want to believe anymore. See, when we're parked in the promise, we're still, we are still going to face problems. Being in the promise does not mean you don't have problems. Being in the promise does not mean you're not subject to pain. Being in the promise does not mean that the enemy will not tempt us to try and just drop off that hunger, drop off that desperation, drop off that, that sense of conviction that God, yes, He will. He will supply. He will make a way. He will work. No, no. Don't let the enemy tempt you to go lukewarm. Don't let him tempt yeah. you just to drop off a little bit, just to expect a little less. No, no, no. Lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own, but in all your ways acknowledge Him. Come on, he's got, a, he's got a pathway. Maybe it's a different pathway than you thought would take the way to get to where you need to go. But I'm telling you, His pathway's right. Yeah. 
His timing's perfect. You see, we will all face problems along the way. But can I say, and I want to address this clearly, can I say of all the challenges and the trials that we will face, the fight for equality due to the prejudice the prejudices that people have faced based on the color of their skin and ethnicity should not be one of them. It should not be one that any person should face in the reality of their walk in life and the walk of God that they've called them to. I can tell you very clearly that my heart has broken this last couple of weeks as we've seen what was literally inhumane to take place with George Floyd. And it has made me very clearly wake up very fast and say, this is not an American issue. And I know that we're in reconciliation week and we've had that and it's always a good time to bring a weird awareness, but it should not just be a week. It's not okay for just one week to say, oh, okay, now let's talk about reconciliation. Let's talk about the fact of how do we make things better? No, I think what's happened in this last couple of weeks, it has peeled back and just shown how much racism is woven into the fabric of society in a way that is wrong. It is pure evil. It has no place in our society. It has no place in our homes. It has no place in our communities. It has no place in our nation. And it surely will never have a place in our church. I want to tell you, my heart breaks. and It's been broken for our indigenous community, our Torres Strait Islanders. I grew up in top of Western Australia for four years as a young kid. Had amazing Aboriginal friends. And I've always grown up with multicultures around us. I, I was even thinking about it with our worship team. I think there's like seven nationalities on our worship team just today in our worship. Like I've always grown up thinking, man, there is no difference. There is no difference. I mean, we're all created in the image of God. Yeah, like, I mean, there is no difference. But right now, what I'm not trying to say is, hey, don't worry, you're all created in the same image. Right now, we have people that are hurting. And stuff is happening that should never have happened and it's breaking hearts. And I want you to know that for Nadia and I, our hearts break with you. I know it's the heart of Pastor Paul and Marie that if anyone feels down, trodden on, kicked and, and, and discriminated, and man, our hearts break for you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that this is the case. I'm sorry that you're feeling like this. I don't have all the answers. Right? I'd love to say, well, the church, we've got this answer and this answer. I don't have all the answers. What I do know right now is that we are all called to look in the mirror more than ever before. And we are all called to take responsibility in a way that maybe we've just thought, well, I never have acted like that. It's not enough just to say, well, I've never acted like that. It's actually time to say, well, what do I need to do to change? What do I need to do to be able to bring new influence? What do I need to do to be able to help others to be able to say, you know what? There is no difference. There is no difference. And I just want to say as a church that, that it's in this church and our family of faith that this is not only a place that is going to be safe, but I'm praying and declaring that this is going to be a place where hearts are healed, where great healing is going to take place, where there's been mistrust that's been there, but just through time and through watching and through genuine interaction, God's going to restore and repair that and you're going to learn to, to be able to open your heart again to others. And, and I want to tell you that we are committed, despite race, despite ethnicity, despite color, that we are commissioned and called to release, to identify and to enable and to cheer on the things of God that are in your life as much as anybody else, that this is your home as much as anybody else. But I want you to know that right now our heart hurts with you. There is a promise in 2 Chronicles and it talks about the fact that if we would humble ourselves and pray, 
that we would turn from our wicked ways, turn from our judgmental, prideful, self-seeking ways. And if we would just seek his face, that he will hear from heaven and he will forgive our sins and he will heal our land. I'm asking us, it's time to get on our knees. In this area, it's time to get on our knees. Stop right now. Some people are saying, yeah, but the way that things have been happening and the, and the response and the, and the riots and all that, stop. It's not a comment we can comment on. What we can do is take responsibility for who we are. Yeah. And our responsibility right now is to pray like never before, believe for fresh unity like never before, link arms like never before, and let's walk forward. I'm honestly believing that out of this, a revolution would rise and racism, would, racism of any kind would be eradicated in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You know, I pray that you hear that clearly. Come on, that this, this, it's time it's time to live in God's promises. God's promises for everybody. God's promises, love is it's for everybody. Nobody's exempt. But we've got to park ourselves in the promise. Real quickly, because we've got to close. What if you don't have a promise? What if I don't have a promise? I want to tell you that God has a promise for you. God has a promise for you. All right? Absolutely. But what we often don't find is the promise when we're sitting up here on the mountaintop sunbaking, right? The promise is often found when we're in a problem and we're in pain, that we get desperate and we get hungry and we go into His Word and we start searching. I want to tell you of those thousands of promises, there are ones that are specific for you. All right? And what you need to do is you go, okay, what's my situation? This is, you know, we Google a lot of things in life, but sometimes we don't Google what we need to Google. Simply Google, I need a scripture to help me with unforgiveness. You'll get stacks. You probably get about 50 different scriptures. Read through those and there's going to be one that just jumps at you. And you're going to go, you know what? That's my scripture. That's what I'm owning. Then you're going to get off your phone or you're going to snapshot it. You're going to put it as your cover page. You're going to get to your Bible. You're going to find it. You're going to underline it. You're going to go around it. You're going to write it. You're going to put it on your fridge. You're going to put it in your bathroom. You're going to put it on your eyelids underneath. Write it. You're going to do whatever you need to do and let that be the thing that starts to renew who you are and replace what's been there and start to help you go from a place maybe of pain or problem or even possibility, and put you into His promise. There is a promise for you. And His promises are honestly amazing. <laughs> Can't put it anyway. They're, they're amazing. They're amazing. Hey, um, you might be here listening, and you've, you've actually you've never known about the promise of salvation. You've never known about the promise of, of peace. You've never known about the promise of forgiveness that God has for you. You've never known about the fact that God so loved you that He sent His one and only Son that anyone, anyone, any nationality, any age, anyone who would believe in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I want to ask you the question, do you know the promise of forgiveness? Do you know the promise of a new life? Because you can. And every service we have, we always create room for people to be able to get their heart right with God. And I want to make an invitation very clear and very uh, you know, open for you. If you're watching this, if you're a part of the service and you don't have a relationship with God, or maybe you once did, but you're away from Him, and today you need to come back into relationship with Him, the Bible promises us this, that He wipes away the old and He gives us a brand new. Yeah. That in Christ, we actually become a new creation. Yeah. And it's not out of a, okay, Craig, what do I have to do, 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 do? No, it's out of a place of belief in our heart. And the Bible says if we would believe, believe with our heart, confess with our mouth that God is Lord, then He will forgive us. And He will welcome us into His family and eternity will be in our hearts and you'll have peace flood your life. Do you have eternity in your heart? Do you know God's peace in your life right now? Because the truth is you can through an honest, open prayer. 
And I'm going to lead you in that prayer right now. The words will be next to me that you can repeat them. But I'd love every single one of us. Let's pray this with all our heart. So dear Jesus, today I invite you into my heart. I make you Lord of my life. I choose to believe in you and receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you that you love me, that Jesus died and rose again, triumphant over death and over sin, that I have an everlasting life, a relationship with Jesus. I declare from this day forward, I'll live with you and for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, a massive amen and a massive congratulations to every person who just prayed that prayer. We're so proud of you. There really is no better decision that we can ever make with our lives. And right now, if you're in the chat, you'll notice that there's a little raise hand button. And I know that in your lounge, you didn't lift your hand or anything like that. But that's a way for us to be and a way for really for you to be honest, to be able to say, you know what, I made that decision. To be able to publicly and personally do something. And I would love you just to click that raise hand button and say, that was me. All right. Then you're going to notice everyone in the comments just throwing down heaps of like joy and praise and just like backing you 100%. Um, but what more importantly is, is by the ability to be able to do that, or if you haven't got the chat, you've got the URL right here, the QR code you can scan. It means that this week we're going to be able to send you a Bible. And we're not going to pest you with a whole lot of information, but we are going to inform you about how to take another step forward in your faith. How do we outwork this journey? It's important that the decision you have made right now doesn't just remain where it is right now, but actually it starts to unfold and outwork in your life and we start to encounter the destiny that God has for us. He has incredible plans for you. And you might look at your life and say, well, right now my life's a mess. I want to tell you right now, no, you are new creation in Christ. The old is gone, the new is coming. Now you get to choose the possibility, not just the possibility, but the promise of who God is. We'd love to get this to you this week. And so please do that. Follow those uh, different opportunities. And, um, and then uh, I really want to encourage you to keep coming back. All right, you can jump on and find out more on our website about groups and all those other opportunities to connect. But just stay in His presence. Stay connected to that. I pray for all of us as has been encouraging. I pray also for me as it has. Come on, it's challenged me in different areas of my life. But it's a time to faith forward. And, you know, in regards to everything that's happening at the moment, next week, we're going to, for a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about building bridges. All right, crossing divides, building bridges and crossing divides. And we're just going to invite a conversation. But how do we journey this season? How do we enlarge who we are to not just stay in our mindset and our little world, but actually we need to build some bridges. We've got a Savior who built the biggest bridge of all, and we're called to reconcile, we're called to heal, we're called to restore. And so we'd love to have you a part of the next couple of weeks as well. It's going to be amazing. Well, God bless. We love you heaps and look forward to seeing you next week. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.